Okay. Fabulous. Uh, hello. Today I have Alex with me. Hi, Alex. Would you like to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Donna. Nice to meet you properly. Um, yeah, I'm uh, late to the party with writing. I've done all sorts of other things in my life, but I feel I've come home now. Did you always know that you wanted to write? I've always wanted to write since I could read and uh, spent a lot of my summer holidays as a kid, either up trees or bashing away at an old typewriter. Um, and then, you know, life got in the way. I was a bit kind of a bit of a wild thing and uh, did lots of things I shouldn't and some good stuff too. And uh, it wasn't really until the government uh, changed the pension age and I realized I wasn't going to get a pension at the age of 60. And I was working as a holistic therapist at that time doing aromatherapy massage. And my thumbs are a bit wrecked. And I thought, there's no way I can keep doing this for another six years. Well, I was only in my 50s then. So I thought, why don't I do what I've always said I was going to do and, you know, put my pen where my mouth is and start writing. So I joined a website called You Write On, which is run by the Arts Council. I'm not sure if it's running anymore. And I did three years hard graft of, it's a kind of peer review site. So you, you review other people's work anonymously and then they review yours anonymously. And I kind of did quite well. And I met some people through that who said, look, why don't you just go for it? So quite casually, I, I published a book based on uh, some adventures I had in France when I was between husbands, shall we say. And, <laughs> and uh, it did okay, you know, and I just thought, oh, carry on. So I did, and it's sort of really taken off, and I've got nine books now. So, yeah. <laughs> and I do love it. Yeah, I really, I loved it. as I love it as much as I always hoped I would. Oh, that's good. Well, that's all that matters then, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, out of all the books you've written, is there a, a favourite character or is there one that's the most fun to write? Ooh, tricky question. Um, I think I'd have to say uh, it would be Faye Armstrong, who's um, in these books which are kind of um I've got the Rose Trail and the Triskillian which I've just published Triskillian um and Faye is slightly based on me but she's a psychic um but she in the Rose Trail she loses her boyfriend whom she adores and she's quite young and she sort of is very deeply bereaved um and sort of resists her psychic tendencies because she feels that she's going a bit mad um, and then something happens to her that makes her have to continue it quite by chance. At least it appears to be by chance at first. But she uh, she actually is the ghost orchestrating what happens to her. And she gets embroiled in actually helping, almost exorcising this particular ghost who came from the Civil War. And she's a bit of a bit of a madam. And she was playing off two brothers, one fought for the Royalists, one fought for the for the um, Roundheads. And uh, Faye gradually kind of uncovers what happened and resolves it. And in so she sort of begins her own healing journey. Um, and she, but she's very sort of down on herself and she 
she eats a lot and she um, doesn't really look after herself very well and because she's sort of self-sabotaging because of her grief. So uh, I kind of based her around my own kind of um, vulnerability, shall we say. <laughs> I wasn't, I'm not, I'm not grief stricken, thank goodness, but uh, some of her other habits, I think I really do identify with. Do you hide any secret jokes or messages or Easter eggs in your books? Yes, I think I do. Um, because the, the Spirit Level series, which are these two ghost stories, are about, um, it comes from my work as a Reiki healer and aromatherapist. And some of the experiences I had there were quite profound. And in both these books, I, they're based on things that actually I saw myself. Uh, which were dips into the past and that's what inspired them and I kind of particularly with Tris Gillian my last one um, I wanted to put out the message that energy time is like a, a continuous circle and to be reassuring to people that you know it's just a continuum and that's quite something that's quite important to me it's very much a personal project really <laughs> So that, that's kind of what I tried to convey. And it kind of touched on climate change a bit as well, which is quite, it was quite difficult to write because it was a bit complicated. I think I was trying to do too much. <laughs> and they're beautiful covers, by the way. They're really oh, lovely. Oh, thank you. Oh, lovely. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I find the pictures, but I've got this wonderful um, professional artist who puts them together for me. And she's just sort of magic. And her name's Jane Dixon Smith. I recommend her to anybody who wants a good book cover. But the ideas are mine, you know? Yeah. yeah. So great. For, that's always the exciting bit of writing a book, actually, is looking for the cover pictures. <laughs> Very enjoyable. Much easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's the most interesting thing you've come across when researching your books? Well, the, the main series I've written is a, a series of six books called the Catherine Wheel series. And... The first book is Daffodils, which um, uh, is based around the village where I had my kids in Wiltshire, a little tiny weenie village. And I thought, again, a bit casually, really, after I'd written The Twisted Vine, my first book, I thought, well, what shall I write next? And I thought, well, I could write about this village. The history's really interesting. And I could do a love triangle. That'll do. I'll, so I'll just get started. So... I started on that and of course I set it, we had a wonderful neighbour called Harry who had a wooden leg and I thought he'd lost it in the war but it turned out it was working on the railways and he was scything a railway bank and he scythed his leg off um, and he was a terrific raconteur and uh, he was almost 100 years old when I knew him and he took a real shine to my son Tom because he was the first baby to be born in this tiny little village for many years, everybody made a fuss of him and Harry uh, told me loads of anecdotes about all the time he'd lived there because he'd lived there since he was four and he was nearly 100. So I, I found it fascinating what he was talking about and how there used to be a village pump on the green for water and then there was a tap between the cottages because we lived in a little terrace of cottages. Uh, I called them Skid Row and so did Harry. Um, and he told me how they then got the lean-to kitchens and then they had an actual sink with a tap, you know. And I thought, now that's really interesting. I'll write about that. 
And of course, to do that, I had to go into the era that covered the First World War. And then I kind of got drawn into it, just, just as the villagers did at the time. What, you know, they were living, bumbling along in this kind of parochial way. And then I had to research the First World War. And what I discovered truly shocked me. And, it, you know, everybody kind of knows about trench warfare and going over the top and all of that. But once I looked a bit deeper, I found that it was the way the army had treated their own soldiers that really did shock me, you know, and how um, men were shot for cowardice. And uh, there's a scene in the book where a young cheeky chap uh, gives a bit of lip to an officer and he has to go on the gun wheel. So he's actually strapped to a, the gun wheel of a, a big gun and in the full sunshine, you know, just for giving a bit of lip and, he gets killed in the end. He's a, he's a minor character, but, you know, I just wanted to bring out some of the injustices that were there. And there was also, the story ends up in France in um, Etable, which is where the British expedition force, expeditionary force, ended up. There's a huge encampment. And uh, they, there was a mutiny there about the conditions, I think, with a New Zealand guy, again, who was giving a bit of cheek. And he was shot. And you know, it's it the kind of detail of it when it personalizes it. You know, that really, that really was quite. Um, what can you say? Upsetting, really, to research. Yeah, but that's not the main. So those are kind of peripheral characters. But once you start looking into it, and I also discovered that you know, because we're in this pandemic, that was quite relevant. That the Spanish flu didn't actually come from Spain. It came from the starving German soldiers at the end of the war who were so undernourished, they succumbed to this flu very badly and actually started in that camp encampment and, and spread like wildfire because of the conditions and stuff. So one of my characters, she, she comes down with it, but she does get through. But actually, it is a love triangle story. <laughs> Yeah, I think I heard that it was named the Spanish flu because they weren't really, they were sort of neutral in the war. So yeah. it couldn't be named anything else um, so the Spanish because they weren't on yeah. either side. Yeah. Which I was quite Well, of course, there been a, there, there been the precursor to the war was the, oh no, that was the Second World War, actually, because the Spanish were fighting in between, yeah, in the 30s. Yeah, so it was, you know, I found all sorts of things that I found really fascinating, but it took me years to write it because I had little kids and, you know, I was busy working as well. And um, I had to sort of dip in and out of this really heavy stuff when I, as and when I could, and there was a lot of it. Yes, yeah. But that has spawned a six book series and um, I ended up doing the Second World War as well with the children of the first families. So it's kind of feminist take on, on what happened to women in those times and how um, a lot of fortunes were lost and found. So it's about a poor family and a rich family and how they get intertwined and, and it all pans out in a way you wouldn't expect. Um, have your children read your books? Pardon? Have your children read your books? My son has. My daughter says, no, I can't do it, Mama. It was just too, just too embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> but my son has been my editor, but he's really busy now. So 
he can't really give me the time. He's a lecturer at a university. Oh, wow. um, he's about to have a baby in May as well. So I think he'll say, oh, don't get any other edit. I want to do it, but I don't think he's going to have any more time now. He's going to have a baby. <laughs> yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll be a tad busy, bless him. <laughs> he will. <laughs> yeah. Um, out of all the books you've written, what's the most fun scene that you've written? Fun. Mm. Well, in the Twist of Wine, my first book, I had a lot of fun with the baddie getting into his head. I quite enjoy writing about weird people. And strangely enough, in Peasley, the sequel to Daffodils, uh, my hero, as it were, he went to America and he went to a speakeasy and to find a woman, a man who had hurt his wife some couple of years before that and he beats him up and I quite enjoyed that <laughs> there's something there's something repressed coming out <laughs> but I quite enjoy doing uh, love scenes tender love scenes I quite I quite like writing those as well uh, it's all got... fun really <laughs> yeah well when you enjoy it yeah Even when it is <laughs> Would you branch off into other genres? Would you ever write a crime book, for example? Would I ever? Would you branch off into other genres? Would you ever write a crime book, for example? I don't think I would, really. I, I'm not drawn to crime. I mean, although there is kind of crime, as I say, you know, this guy, he doesn't kill him, but he nearly does. Um, and in the first book I wrote, there was a chap who was pretty wicked, but he didn't get caught. So I, I think I'm a bit daunted by police procedural stuff um, because I don't know anything about it. So, um, but the the uh, the spirit level books are kind of playing. They're a bit kind of fantasy, really. You know, they're time slip and they're fantasy, especially the last one. Um, so, yeah, I enjoy playing around with that. In a way, I did the historical fiction series because I knew it would be a kind of good, solid base. And now I'm on the brink of sort of doing some different projects. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the very first moment that you decided that that's it, I'm going to write to now, what's been your standout highlight moment? What's mm. my standout highlight moment? I think the best bit is the writing. And the best bit is when you've got enough research to write and not be able to not have to refer to anything, but write in full flow. And I think my breakout moment was a couple of books in when I suddenly realized I was doing it wrong. That in fact, I was standing back objectively and writing. And then I, I suddenly realized that what I had to do was stop writing, but be in the story actually be in whosever character's head I was and what I do now is I sort of do a quick sort of meditation before I start to write and just allow myself to get into exactly where they are and picture it like a video so I'm, it's like I'm watching a film but I'm in that person's head so what they say and do is them doing it not me I get myself out of the way if you like. 
And uh, instead of actually sort of trying to control it, I, I've got my arc of the story. I know where they're going to go and what I need to happen, but I live it. I actually live it with them. And that is just the best fun because you look out and four hours have passed and you didn't even notice, you know, because you're there. But it's quite tiring because, you know, I put them through hell, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're sort of, you're really in it and it's it's quite exciting, actually. And you forget all about your own life. And that is probably the best bit, I would say. It doesn't happen every time, but when it does, it's just fantastic feeling. <laughs> <laughs> um, how long did it take you to write a book and then from the actual first draft until it's ready for publishing? It varies. Um, Daffodils took me a long, years and years because I was doing other things and I was not really understanding the process as well, but I kind of tightened it up. And since then I've done a book a year, really. I don't think I could write more than a book a year. I think, uh, I, I mean, some people bash out three or four in a year and I, I think it's amazing, but I couldn't do that. And I also like to do different things every time. So um, I'm, I don't write to a formula. So I've got to do some serious thinking before I can even get going. Yeah. And when you're editing, what's your most overused word or phrase? Oh, that's a very good question. Wow. Oh, well, I know at one, one stage I kept saying she lifted her chin. Because <laughs> I was writing about these sort of very independent women. <laughs> And I, and I suddenly picked, I thought, whoa, that's, she's going to have a chin, you know, as long as Bruce Forsyth at this rate. <laughs> so that had to go. Um, yeah, and I got into a problem with commas at one point, but I've, I've sussed all that now. <laughs> I love that. I edit as I go. I, before I, I edit literally as I write over and over and over and over and over. And then... I edit before I finish. And then when I start the next, I or if when I'm on a roll, I will finish with the first line of the next chapter. I usually write about a chapter a day, but sometimes a lot more. Um, and then before I start the next chapter, I edit the previous chapter after a night's sleep. So I edit a hell of a lot all the time, but then I always edit, you know, dozens of times. After, when it's finished yeah I, yeah I edit a lot yeah that's probably not a bad I think thing. <laughs> when you're in full flow you kind of you do make mistakes and you've got to go back and check them yeah so make it as tight as possible make sure there's no kind of flabby bits or repetition or she was wearing a blue dress and then it turned out it was pink to start with <laughs> stuff like that yeah, I love spotting those things as a reader. Um, I read a book and I said to the author, um, didn't your character have like really distinctive blue eyes all the way through? And then at the end they had grey eyes. Yes. Uh, and they were like, really? I thought they always had grey eyes. I'm like, nope. Oh, <laughs> well spotted. Well spotted, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and it's difficult, you know, if, if life gets in the way, you have a, an event in your own life and you have to break off. It's very hard to get going again and keep the continuity. So I tend to sort of like fiddle about for ages 
with ideas and the arc of the story and write out that in synopsis and stuff, do the research and then try and belt it out in one go. That's my preferred way of doing it. But, you know, life often has other ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, have you made lots of author friends since you started writing? Oh, I have. And it's been such a joy. Yeah, really brilliant. Facebook has been brilliant for me, meeting so many people and and they're all so supportive of each other. And uh, there's, a, I mean, COVID has interfered with it, but there is a group of women in Wales where I live where we used to meet up every sort of month and read each other's work out and criticise it and stuff. And that's been, that was hugely helpful. But um, we haven't met up since COVID because obviously... And we used to meet in Debenhams, and that's even shut now. <laughs> so that's a bit strange. But that was Judith Barrow and Thorne Moore, and they, they both got lovely books out as well. So, yeah, but loads of super people on Facebook particularly I found really great. Yeah. Yeah, and do you get a lot of feedback from your readers? Yeah, I've got lots of reviews now, which has kind of almost convinced me I can do this. <laughs> so uh, I think I've got about 5,000 ratings now on Goodreads and I'm on a, an average of 4.24 out of 5, over 5,000 ratings. So I sort of feel, oh, maybe it's okay. <laughs> I don't believe it every day, though. <laughs> Takes a lot of convincing. I know a lot of authors I speak to would kill for 5,000 reviews on Goodreads. So it's not reviews, it's ratings. Uh, ratings. Ratings, okay, yeah. Because yeah. they've mixed them all together mm -hmm. now and on Amazon as well. So uh, they lump them together, yeah. But I think Daffodils has got 2,500 on Amazon. Wow. So, yeah. Yes, that's awesome. great. Yeah. <laughs> Um, if you're able to spend a day with any author, dead or alive, who would you like to spend a day with? Gosh, that's such a tough question. Mm. I think I'd go for Winston Graham, who wrote Poldark. I love Jane Austen, but I think I think she might... Well, she'd be interesting to go. She's quite acid, isn't she? She's probably quite, quite uh, witty and, well, I don't know, anybody really. I love them all. Yeah. I should think Oscar Wilde's pretty good fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I quite like sort of the eccentric people. Yeah, they'd be more fun, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure you'd learn much, but you'd have a great day. Yeah, I'd have a good time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, if you're able to travel to any period of time, either forwards or backwards, where would you go? I like the Edwardian era. I think there was just enough technology um, to make life that bit more. You had bicycles and washing machines but, and trains, but you didn't have all the hectic stuff we have now. But at the moment, I'm playing with the idea of doing an Elizabethan set of books. So I guess I'd probably go there for now. But I should think it'd be a lot more uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't know if my dog's just going to come say there. You come and say there. Oh, my dog's at the door. He's, uh, he, the trouble is, he jumps up and he knocked the computer over. Hello, gorgeous. <laughs> Who are you? 
This is Trixie. She likes to come and oh, get her face in all my interviews, don't you, girl? <laughs> oh, I used to have a dog called Trixie when I was a little girl. Oh, she was a yeah, good she's, pal. She's a rescue. We've yeah, all my dogs are rescues. Yeah, little sweetie, aren't you, girl? What was her story? She was owned by an old lady who was the mum of a drug druggie of some description. And um, he ended up with her. She was kept in the garden and wasn't treated very well. Mm. So a woman, I think a neighbour, um, took her off his hands um, for a couple of weeks and um, she didn't want to go back. So the mum gave her money to buy her off this guy. And then, um, but she's not very well herself. So we mm. ended up with her. So she's had quite a, been around a life, yeah. yeah. But she's, she's an absolute darling. Ooh, careful. I think rescue, <laughs> in my experience, I've rescued quite a few and mm-hmm. I just think they're so grateful, aren't they? They never forget. Yeah. Yeah, she's a right soppy bum. My laptop's on her cushion, that's why. She's, <laughs> this is her She's stolen it. Yeah. Not impressed, are you, girl? <laughs> um, so, uh, if a genie was to grant you three wishes, what would you wish for? Oh, golly. Um, what would I wish for? <coughs> World peace, I think. Would be nice. Uh, equality in the world and tons of creative energy. <laughs> <laughs> and good health. You can't do much without that, can you? No, you can't. Yeah. yeah I don't think people realise how important that is sometimes. Absolutely. <laughs> That's it. She's come to her though, got her face in, and that's nice. <laughs> yeah, she's lovely, bless her. Um, when you're not writing, how do you like to spend your time? Oh well, I lo- I walk a lot because of my dog. I've got a border collie, and he, you can walk him forever. And I've recently become a grandmother, so I love seeing. Well, I've only got one at the moment, and another one on the way. So that is a real priority now. Um, and. Uh, I love cooking. I really love cooking. So I spend quite a bit of time doing. <laughs> Come back with a <the> toy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Trixie, I'm busy. <laughs> Um, so <clears throat> did you say you were working on something else at the moment? Yeah, I've got a couple of ideas of things that have been knocking around for years that I thought I, I ought to do. And it's kind of getting in the way of another project, the Elizabethan project. So one is about my mum's death, which was very dramatic. Uh, and sort of, I, I don't know if I'll publish it. It might be too personal. And the other one is uh, about uh, we managed to get a place in France very cheaply when my husband retired and we sort of had a big adventure so it would be just about that and all the wonderful people we met and who how kind everybody was and there were a lot of funny things that happened as well so I thought it might be quite 
just a light thing to write about. But again, I'm not sure if I'd publish it. I might just sort of get it out of my head and uh, leave it for the family to read or something. There we are. Don't know what happened there. No. Um, and uh, yeah, it's about uh, kind of pirates and buccaneers and uh, the trading of ships and smuggling in the Elizabethan okay. era is the, is the project I'm thinking about doing. Oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting sort of local family. I don't want to give too much away because I'm amazed nobody else has written about it. Um, <laughs> And uh, but it's quite a daunting project, you know, because I think be a lot of research for that. But, yeah, I think I'll probably get on with that once I've downloaded these kind of more personal stories. Yeah. There we are. Oh. Is that Trixie playing with the keys? <laughs> no, she's not touched it. I don't know what's going on. Okay, <laughs> I have this effect on technology. I don't know what I do. <laughs> I am not touching anything, I promise you. <laughs> well, thankfully, I've come to the end of my questions anyway, unless you think there's anything that I haven't asked you that you want to tell us. Um, no, just I think I'd like to say just thank you to everybody who's ever done a review. And uh, it, people don't, maybe readers don't realise how much it means when they take the time and the trouble to review a book, it really does mean so much to get that feedback. And so, yeah, thank you to everybody who's done that for me, I think. Um, and before we go, would you like to tell everyone where they can get your book from and where they can find out more about yeah, you? All my books are on Amazon. Um, my website is called www in the plotting shed.com. Awesome. And I've got a Facebook page, which is Alex Martin author. And all my books are on Amazon. You can also find my Goodreads page under my author name of Alex Martin. Fabulous. Well, thank you very much. <laughs>